we need to take ownership. How are we made? How has God encouraged us to live? How are we to interact with one another? Um, he, he commands us to give as an example. Is, is it because God needs our stuff? No, it's because it's good for our heart and it keeps us looking towards him. Hey, good day, and welcome to the Consultant and the Coach podcast. How are you today, Josh? Oh, doing great. How are you? I'm doing much, much better. I've been sick all week, so oh. I sound a little bit like a hobbit coming out of my hobbit hole, but I feel much better. Good. And uh, so, hey, let's get into life application of extreme ownership. Um, what would you come up with the, for a devotion today? Sure. Uh, so, as we talked a little bit about, obviously, the importance of extreme ownership, there's nothing more important, I think, for the life of especially men who are leading families, to take ownership over their families, right? And so as we talk about uh, Scripture, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 33 gives us a guide here. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless in the same way husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For, one, for, for no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does for the church. Since we are members of his body, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I am talking about Christ and the church. To sum up, each one of you is to love his wife and, as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. And I think, you know, the importance of extreme ownership extends to our families, as we talked about before, you know, the ultimate example of extreme ownership being Christ and extreme love that he is the kind of the perfect example of that for us. Similarly, you know, we have a responsibility um, as leaders of families to take full authority and ownership over our families, not control. Mind you, I think yeah. it certainly it would be easy with this book, as my wife actually reminded me, uh, <laughs> to try to control everything, uh, which is good insight. And I don't think that's really what the book's talking about or hmm. the scripture, but really it's about... It's, it's complete accountability. It's a mindset it's of accountability, not control, which can be mm-hmm. easily missed, I would say, mixed up because there's probably a, a fairly... Uh, fine line between the two. And this is what I yeah. love. The, the verse that you picked out was saying, you know, we are to love our wives mm-hmm. um, like, you know, it, it's us. Mm-hmm. And so no one ever hated themselves. Right. And the same with extreme ownership. We are to take over our organizations, over our life. We are to own it, not in a way where we um, uh, hurt other people, mm-hmm. but in a way that we are caring over it and stewarding over it. Right. Yeah, no, and, and taking account and taking responsibility when things uh, you know maybe don't go right, mm-hmm. right? What was our role in it? You know, what, reevaluating what we did, what we didn't do, why we did it, why we didn't do it. You know, and, and taking and looking at it from a, what do we do differently, not from a absolute excuse mindset. Now, extreme ownership today is not. Um, I don't hear a lot about this in society today, even life application. It's one thing to talk about it at work, but even life application, because what, what what we need to do is as we take um, ownership over our own lives, is, this means when we mess up, we need to own it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, I believe this is, you know, though Extreme Ownership is not a Christian book, there are Christian principles that you would see in there. So, yeah. for example, extreme ownership would be if we screw up, we own it. If we sin, we openly ask for repentance or we, we openly repent and say, you know, hey, Josh, right. I screwed up. I should not have said this uh, with this tone of voice. That was 
that's on me. Mm-hmm. We need to actively take ownership over that. And right. what you see in scripture is, you know, they don't talk about extreme ownership in scripture, but what you do see is humility shows yeah. up all throughout right. scripture. Right. And that's in the book, right? Check the ego. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, no, and I would say as we think about life application in that, I think one of the things that I've been down my own journey, I know you've been down the journey we'll probably talk a little bit about today, but, you know, I think one of the things that's easy to screw up on the extreme ownership front as we apply this to our life is our society has become really, really good at helping us understand the why behind things, mm-hmm. right? And we sort of have this desire to know why, and there's a lot that we can learn, for example, about our own parenting, talking about families, our own marriages, by looking at learned behaviors, right? Looking at, you know, how did our families of origin handle these things, right? Um, But I also think that one of the dangers of that that I've learned and had my own problems, it is really easy to start blaming Oh, right. it, it lends you into excuses. Super easy, right? Mm-hmm. Excuses of like, oh, my dad was so screwed up, blah, 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 blah. My mom, if she hadn't done, blah, 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 blah. Like, you, whatever it is, right? And it's hard, right, to sort of understand why without, without trying to escape accountability, mm-hmm. right? And so the mindset, I think, of extreme ownership when it comes to um, the faux issues, the family of origin issues, mm-hmm. or the foo issues, yeah. <laughs> is to um, to sort of know what they are, but still have that mindset of like, ultimately, it still stops with mm-hmm. me. And this is why I, I'll say it. this is why I don't want to say Christianity is right, but when it when when we look at ourselves and what does God say, who are we to compare ourselves to? Mm-hmm. It's not, oh, I need to compare myself to Josh. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say that. It doesn't right. can say, hey, compare yourself to your neighbor. No, it says compare yourself to God. Right. That's what we're to take ownership over. And what's going to happen is as I, Eric, compare myself to Jesus, I look pretty horrible. Right. I look, I you know, yeah. my, my best is nothing in comparison to Jesus. Right. Which is absolutely beautiful because it, 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 one, it, one, I have to own that and just say, hey, Jesus, I need you to forgive me. I need um, you to fix my eyes upon you. And what does that look like? But I have to own that. So even, even my best is nothing in comparison to what God has already given us. How do we own that? And I think where things get messed up is when we're like, oh, I did, I did, I did that project really well, or I parented my kid really well in this instance. We need to own all of that. Right. you got to own the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's also, you know, it's important to, um, on that front, sort of recognize this, what it is and what it should be. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's also this purpose in, in Christianity, you know, around this idea that we work very hard to understand um, reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Right. And who God made us to be. And so living in this in-between space is also particularly challenging as we think about this mindset, right? This is, is to recognize here's what we think things are supposed to be, right? Here's a, there's a way God intended things to be. And then there's the challenge of when we get confronted with reality when things are not the way we want them to be. Oh, right? yes. And how do we have both, um, both, I think it's challenging, right? The mindset of um, ownership 
while also having the mindset of recognizing that we ultimately can't be perfect. Right. Because I think there's a danger to the extreme ownership mindset of like expecting yourself to be perfect or trying to control things to perfection. Mm-hmm. And there is an element that is not controllable. That that is very much the which, reality. It's really funny because you know we study a lot of productivity, and it's really interesting. There's there's some really talented people out there today, and they for those that don't have a Christian mindset to them. And, it's, it's almost like you can become more and more productive, but at the mm. end, it's almost very ecclesiastical. Mm-hmm. It's like it's meaningless. It's because mm-hmm. you, you can only rise so high because all of us are imperfect. Right. Meaningless, meaningless. <laughs> and it's like, oh, why are we even doing this podcast? Why are we doing this? <laughs> to encourage you yeah. and to encourage everyone, hey, no, it's, it's not that we're not telling people don't try. No, we are to keep, you know, this life is to be uh, lived as one of, you know, we are to keep uh, getting more and more sanctified and wiser as we get older. Right. But at the same time, also understanding, hey, we're not going to be perfect until we get to heaven. Right. But it's not don't try. Yeah. No, well, and there's there's an express. Well, that gets into, I think, one of the chapters in the books is this discipline is freedom part mm-hmm. right at the end. Is there is there is purpose to the expression, however imperfect the expression might be. Mm-hmm. Right. So the expression of living out your life, your calling, raising your family well, caring for your family well, living and raising up your business in a way of integrity, albeit not perfect, right? The point is that there is purpose in that, even in its imperfection, mm-hmm. right? And that, it's, that it is part of who we are as created beings to bring those things out, you know, and live that out. And so... I think it's being able to do that in a way that is, we find freedom, right, in continuing to push into that discipline, mm-hmm. even on the times that, you know, it doesn't always work the way I, we hope. I was reflecting on extreme ownership, and in, 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 uh, for anyone that coaches with me, I, I coach out of, I, ca- I call it the three C's. There's competency, character, and community. And uh, competency is how good are we at, you know, whatever making of widgets or our skills that we have. Very, um, you know, very black and white. Then there's character. This is let our yes be yes, our no, no. Um, who are we as people? But the third part is is the community. Mm-hmm. So we also have to, you know, it's the, the hard part. You will say we take extreme ownership over something. But we're also taking ownership to be part of, we should take ownership of being part of community with one another. Mm-hmm. It's like, why do we go to church on Sundays? I mean, I have a relationship with Jesus and other things. Community is vitally important. Mm-hmm. So we need to take ownership. How are we made? How has God encouraged us to live? How are we to interact with one another um, he, he commands us to give as an example. Is, is it because God needs our stuff? No, it's because it's good for our heart. Right. And it keeps us looking towards him. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, I love the part of the book where it says, you know, discipline is freedom. Mm-hmm. There's a discipline in living out our lives how it should be lived. Yeah. Well, and I think the result of that is is the freedom piece, right? That's mm-hmm. the where, where we are reconciling brokenness, reconciling, you know, places of darkness and bringing those to light. <clears throat> And being able to see freedom come by uh-huh. taking accountability, speaking truth into hard places, right? Having hard conversations, you know, just having that general. Di- I mean, there's also the discipline of habits and things like they talk about in the book. But I think there's a bigger aspect of discipline is freedom. I think we can apply to our lives. Uh, one of the things as I've kind of meditated upon uh, extreme ownership and, you know, applying it to my own life, that's really hard. 
And I, and I said, when, when I say it's hard, is it's one thing to say, okay, if I look at my schedule, if I make a business mistake, or but where I struggle is I have four kids, mm-hmm. and I can I can think I'm doing everything right, but mm-hmm. when my kids act up and they're not doing what they're supposed to do, I have to own that. Mm-hmm. How did I parent them? Yeah. How did I love them? Of course, I should have been mad that this thing happened. They didn't listen to me. I clearly told them three times, right. if you don't do this, right. why will happen? Yeah. I still have to own that as leader of my family. I, I parented them. Yeah. I should have parented them differently in certain instances, or what does that look like? So a lot of, you know, it, it's one thing to take extreme ownership if it's just you by yourself. But for those of us that have spouses and kids and even our role in the community we have to own that as well too and it's a heavy burden to bear yeah well, i mean a good example i can give about in particular that and applying it to the book actually the chapter on prioritize and execute mm-hmm. which i think is critical especially when you have multiple kids <laughs> right. and, and right. when they're different too when they're different right so, so you prioritize and execute on your kids so this is a good example recently um yeah, I've, as you know, my oldest daughter is super smart. Uh, she's always it's always been a problem because she's smart, and and that's not a problem. But it, it is in, for parenting. It's, it's a challenge to oh, keep yeah. her well. Um, oh, she's brilliant. Well, she's, she's to keep her engaged, right? Uh-huh. So she loves school, but she's like a big book nerd, and it's great, and it's super hard to keep her in books because like we'll get twenty from the library, and I'll be like, oh, that's good for a week. She's like, it's good for like a day. Are you kidding me? And like she'll just pound them, uh-huh. and we've always had trouble. And one of the reasons we chose a private school wasn't because we don't like public schools because they couldn't really keep her challenged. And then uh, we ended up uh, putting her in a private school. And the first year was during COVID. So one of the reasons we did that was because schools weren't open anyways, but this one was. It was great. But then it was interesting. The first parent-teacher conference, okay, this is a bit of a long story, but I think it's, you'll get to the point of prioritizing execute and hopefully it'll resonate. But um, get to the first parent-teacher conference and the teacher basically makes excuses the whole time about how hard it is to use technology and more importantly oh this is such a spirited class i'm so thankful that elise is basically so kind and so helpful and we're like but she's like stagnating are you kidding me Mm -hmm. like so the first year was rough right and we sort of wrote it off to covid we didn't really want to dump the school right away and our son who was there was okay and then we tried a year two We've gotten to year two, and COVID's starting to wane a bit. Um, and again, first parent-teacher conference. Oh, Elise is so great. You know the, um, <clears throat> but this class is so spirited, and they're so hard. It's the same mm-hmm. same class, same class going through yeah. the same school. And it's like we were getting pretty frustrated, but then at least that teacher seemed to find ways to sort of give our daughter more advanced stuff. Right. So by the end of the year, I would say we sort of got to neutral, right? We weren't super impressed, but like they sort of earned the right to get a third year. And so then we started this year and our daughter comes home the first couple of days of class. And this it was a sort of salty old teacher who seemed really nice. We met her at drop by because I'm not drop off a couple of days before. And she said she, she expressly came back to, out of retirement, not from this school, I think it was a public school teacher or something, because she felt a call from during the service on Sunday at the Catholic Church. So we're like, great, she's here on a calling. That's a good thing, right? And and our daughter comes home a couple days um, after school and says, gosh, the class has never been so quiet. And we thought, oh, interesting. We might be onto something. Maybe finally someone has whipped this class into shape and finally disciplining them to the point where they're all going to learn. 
And so then we got to parent-teacher conference. This is just last week. And this is, a, this is, by the way, a prep session for you and for me for me going in to see the principal on site Tuesday. But <laughs> we get there last week. Oh, I don't have a curriculum. Oh, the class is so spirited. They've passed kids along. There was nothing about our daughter. She's been literally handwriting things, copying off the board. They're doing no critical thinking. They're doing no critical writing. She's doing nothing in math. She's doing nothing in science. We've been getting nothing home. And we're like, what in the world is going on? And, and yet so you're paying for this school. Yeah, 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 right? And so, I mean, it's just it fine. It, but it's like prioritize and execute. It's like it didn't matter that now all we have a now, as everyone, mountain of Thanksgiving and holiday stuff starting to build, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter, right? It is now our responsibility to prioritize and execute mm-hmm. a different plan. For our daughter and we don't know what that is yet mm-hmm. but we are in the process of like you know both my wife and i are like well we got a lot going on but it, we can't blame anybody no we got we got to get a better, better education <laughs> we got to set up a meeting with the principal we've got tour set up of other schools like we might move her mid-year because our job is to take ownership over that it's not mm-hmm. just sit here and blame the school and mm-hmm. yet 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 about it and, and talk about this and that and it's not even the teacher like it's not the teacher's fault mm-hmm. she's dealing with a bunch of other difficult kids. But here's the beauty of extreme ownership. You are in charge of your family. Right. And there's an empowerment It's a long story. That. That's where I'm going, yeah. But it's spot on. You, what do you do? And we can sit here and whine about, oh, this isn't right, and she didn't have the curriculum, and it's this teacher's fault. You, you could do that. Right. But that's not going to help your daughter as she grows up into an amazing woman. Yeah. Why wasn't she where she should have been? Oh, it's because it was the school's fault. Right. Yeah. No. No. No, I, we're gonna own it. Yeah, I mean, gonna... I might delegate my child's education to the school mm-hmm. effectively, even if you send to public school. By the way, yeah, absolutely, it's still my accountability. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, but that's a great uh, way of hey, let's own it. Yeah, and I would encourage um, you know anyone anyone listening to us. This is not a this is not a blame fest. It's it, it, it's basing an empowerment. Hey, let's not blame everyone. Now right. we don't. If you notice a problem, just don't just keep going it. I would go to have a deadline. You do have a deadline. If we don't fix this by this date or mm-hmm. have a plan in place, it's like your consulting statement of work. Yeah. We're going to get this statement of work done by this date. And if not, the client's going to fire us right. or what? what's that going to happen? And you know what that looks like, which is liberating. Yeah, no, and it helps in this case that we're coming up against a significant break in the school mm-hmm. schedule, right? And I think it's the same for... Um, it's, it's the same for anything, right? It, it's, I think the encouragement to folks out there is just be aware of where you're choosing to place blame, mm-hmm. right, in, in your personal life, right? Because I think it's so easy to think about, and I've done this for years, right, of blaming this person and that person and this this situation and that situation. It's like, well, yeah, they're contributors, but we got to stop blaming them, right? So, you know, if that's any encouragement to folks, is just examine your life and feel free to find ways to not do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one thing that extreme ownership's caused me to do, it's caused me to truly, um, I've had to pray back through Scripture over and over mm. again. What what are God's promises towards mm-hmm. me? Because there's a lot of like, I can't do this. They can't do it. No one can do it. 
I better pray to God because if he doesn't show up, I'm in a world of hurt. And more often than not, he has shown up where he is bridging that gap or has provided me with encouragement or people or opportunities. Mm -hmm. But I too often forget that. And that that leads into... um, you know, our podcast next week is on a neat book that you stumbled upon, Josh. hasn't even been released yet, but it's called How to Calm Your Mind. Mm-hmm. And it's this guy who's uh, this productivity genius, and yet he's writing about he needed to calm his mind. Well, how could a genius, why would he need to do that? There's There's got to be something yeah. something there that he, he maybe he didn't have enough extreme ownership. So we just finished with this book. But that's really kind of neat as we go from extreme ownership next week into how do you calm your mind yeah. and, and why do we even need to do so or do we yeah. you know that's kind of what the book will talks about well and quick note for folks who are listening just so you know we're shifting gears a little bit we've been doing mm-hmm. some work on popular books already released and coming your way now over the next few months is going to be we've been able to procure some early release copies of books so we're not commenting on books past but books future and so this book is coming out a little after christmas so you'll be hearing those podcasts leading right into uh, the holidays, and uh, I think we'll have a release podcast on the day it comes out, on yeah. December 27th. So that's a new way we're looking at this, and I uh, would love to get you guys going along for the journey with us because it's a pretty fun um, fun adventure, at least for us, to read books. Oh, and out. we've been arguing back and forth. It's been great. This text message, what do you think about that? I don't know about this, or I, I like what he said about mm-hmm. that and yeah. how this relates, and yeah. it, it, it's really, really good. But hey, until next week when we uh, dive into the book, How to Calm Your Mind, uh, reach out to us on theconsultantofthecoach.com. Um, or listen to our YouTube channel, channel, or even just, you know, keep writing good comments. Um, you know, hey, I agree with this, or hey, I don't agree with what you guys said there. So until then, uh, thanks for checking in with us. All right, take care.